0: Hi, I'm Orlando Bloom, and you're listening to the Two Star Podcast. Hello, this is episode five. That's five, as in five gold rings, and five... I can't think of any other famous references to fives. I am Graham. The famous five. Yes, the famous five. It's uh, Graham and Adam, the famous two, but our intellects uh, combined... To, no, that would be one. Um, Remember the dog either. No, should we get a podcast dog? Where would we keep it? Not in my house. Well, it wouldn't be convenient at my house either. Presumably,
1: halfway between our houses would be the ideal location. Okay, that's probably um...
0: Nottingham, Derby, Nottingham, that kind of area. All right, let's just get a dog and uh, and leave it somewhere in Derby. Okay, sorted. Good. Right, uh, it's an Australia Day special. We're recording this on Australia Day, so good day, Cobbers know. Struth. Crikey. Flaming Galah, uh, etc. What have you been doing to celebrate Australia Day? Uh, I have been drinking beer. Which beer? Uh, not
1: Australian beer, because Good. I didn't have any available. And obviously, why would you? Exactly.
0: So I have been drinking Doombar. I've never even heard of that. It's Cornish. I'm drinking Carling, because it's very, very cheap. Well, that's as good a
1: reason as any. Exactly. Although, I have to say, on the subject of Australian beer, and it's not even technically beer, I did try the Foster's Not Quite Beer with a silly name called, is it Radler or something stupid like that? Um, Which is, but like, it's like a sort of lime and ginger thing, and it's like beer, but it's only like 2%, and it actually tastes quite nice, and not like Foster's.
0: That sounds proper weird. It is. It is. But it was on offer, so I thought I'd try it, and it was actually quite nice. Fair enough. Uh, Well done. But it's only 2%. Yes, so
1: it's ideal for drinking when you can't get drunk. All right,
0: well, I'll uh, drink that next time I drive somewhere. Fantastic. Uh, So I've got some Australia Day facts. Excellent. Okay, uh, let's run through them. Um, Well, I say facts. This one is just my three favourite Australians. That, That is a fact. Well, is Yeah, I suppose it is technically factually accurate. Well, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, my three favourite Australians are... One, Brad from Neighbours. Number two, Dr. Carl from Science. And also from Neighbours, but a different Dr. Carl. But he was in Neighbours. Uh, nobody will have any idea what I'm talking about, but he does podcasts and that. And number three is Hulk Hogan from Crocodile Dundee. Excellent. Here are the three attractions I would like to visit in Australia. Number one, the Big Red Rock. Number two, the Seaside. And number three, the Foster's Brewery. Right, okay. Is that, I imagine it's very much like visiting the Guinness Brewery if you go to Ireland. I haven't been there, so I can't... I, is that like uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Yes, very much. Oh, then yes, it definitely is. definitely would be like that. Um, did you know Jason Donovan once tried to run for president of Australia, but he was told to stop being stupid and piss off? I did not know that. No, it's a fact. Here's another fact. In Australia, winter is summer, and summer is winter. What a topsy-turvy land. I don't think they have autumn, though. Well, they are are very backwards people. It's true. Here's another fact. The capital of Australia is Sydney, which has a population of 47,000 people. That's a lot. It is a lot. Uh, Did you know, due to an administrative cock-up, Australian money features the Queen of England instead of the Queen of Australia? Idiots. Unbelievable. The three most common town names in Australia are Struth, Bogan, and Wallabalongaloo. Yeah, I can believe that. The most popular pastimes in Australia are surfing, throwing, quote, shrimp on the, quote, Barbie, and internet pornography. Hmm. And in a recent poll, 76% of Australian men declared on the subject of Dame Edna that they still would. I bet he's filthy. Yeah, I can see that. Also, here's another fact, kangaroos are actually a type of flightless bird. See, I did not know that. And here are some popular movies filmed in Australia. Number one is Rabbit Proof Fence. Number two is Lord of the Rings. And number three is Robocop. Hmm. So I hope that has made everyone's Australia Day a little bit more special. It's amazing all these things you don't know about Australia. Exactly. And did you know you can get to uh, Australia on an aeroplane now? That's incredible. And can you guess how long it would take to fly to Australia on an aeroplane? I mean, i guess weeks. It would take you one Earth week. I mean, you know, the, the, the advances of technology are frankly incredible. It is incredible, isn't it? And it's not just um, people who have done crimes and been sent there against their will. I mean, that is the majority of the population, but there's still quite a lot of people who have just gone there because they couldn't get work in a bar in London. Well, I mean, it's a tough job market. It certainly is. So, uh, hi there. Uh, Good day to all of our Australian listeners. I hope you've had a great Australia day. Let's move on. Um, Some more podcast feedback. Uh, I've been looking at some reviews on iTunes.
1: Ah, people should, should definitely go onto iTunes, and if they were going to give us five stars, they should definitely do that. Otherwise, they
0: probably shouldn't. Yes, or... They should not go on iTunes and just do whatever they like. It's their life. We should we should do what um, EA did with that uh, Dungeon Keeper
1: game on, on the iPhone, where if you selected anything other than five stars, they redirected you to a website that was not the App Store for you to give your feedback. And if you gave them five stars, then
0: they took you to the App Store to give them five stars. That seems perfectly reasonable to me. I don't understand why um, why anyone would do anything, anything different. I think we should... Uh, There must be a way of stopping people from being able to, not move, but certainly walk with a limp if they haven't given us a five-star review. I can think of a few, but they're quite high in in terms of effort on our part. Yeah, I don't want to have to hit someone again with a stick, but anyway, here are some uh, reviews from iTunes. So, first one is five stars, it's called Fantastic, and it says, It is constantly entertaining and makes me feel clever for listening. Is that a compliment? It seems like back, some kind of backhand insult somehow. It's five stars, so it must be. Oh, okay, fair Next enough. Next one, another five star review says brilliant. It says this is a fantastic mix of science and humour, which are not usually compatible. Highly recommended. Brian Cox is a genius. I don't know why they've put anything about Brian Cox. No, bit. no, and, and they probably just misheard. A bit weird. Uh, another five star review. It says classic British humour, and it says wow. it's it's we are British. We have many humour. It says, I am French, but I do love this podcast. The British humour is all there. Recommended. From Zazu. Excellent. And here's one. Uh, oh, this is a one-star review, which I know, disappointing, but I think we can take this in the constructive way it's meant and uh, and build and improve. So it, it, all feedback is important. And it just Absolutely. says, uh, Marcus Brigstock is not funny. Should I take exception to. I think he is quite funny. He is quite funny. I mean, he has his moments, but, you know, generally,
1: you know,
0: funny guy. He's nothing to do with this podcast, either. No. His, uh, finally, we've got another five-star review. It says, uh, I enjoyed listening to this show a lot. It also gave me an idea of what sort of angle I would want to take my podcast down if I'm fortunate enough in my business to be great at. That doesn't really mean anything. Uh, Many thanks, Steve, and keep up the good work. Looking forward to hearing more from you and learning more about the person behind Stone Cold Steve Austin. So that's uh, an important five-star review there. I I think it is. So, on to the news. What's been happening this week in the world? Basically nothing. Yeah. Nothing's happened at all. It's going to be another baby, and this one will have a crown on.
1: I I quite enjoyed the conspiracy theorists that came out and claimed that the pregnancy announcement was purely to try and stop the Scots from running away, Um, which, if true, shows a remarkable level of coordination between the royal couple and the no campaign.
0: Mm. It does bring us on to Scottish independence. What's your opinion on the matter?
1: My opinion is largely that I'm not allowed to vote because for some reason they're restricting it to people who actually live in Scotland, which seems unfair because surely this should be like, we should be involved in this. They're declaring independence from us. We should be able to vote. Mm. But no, apparently I'm not allowed to. No, mm.
0: My opinion is that... I. Absolutely don't care one way or the other.
1: No, my only concern is that whatever the result is, every problem that Scotland has for the next 10 years are going to be blamed on whatever decision was made. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, And also, it would be quite annoying if I have to, like, get a visa to go to Scotland. I think that would be exciting. You know, show up at the border, show your
0: passport, get searched, go through a metal detector. Yeah, Um, everyone loves that. That's the best bit of flying. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm not too fast either way,
1: but I, I, I have a sneaky suspicion it will just come down on the side of no. But I could be wrong because I don't know anything about
0: Scotland. No, I just, just not. In, I can't be bothered to summon up an opinion one way or the other. The, i the only I would come down slightly more that I hope it's yes, just to see what happens, because I think that would be a more interesting outcome. I think it will either way it will have. Absolutely no bearing on my life at all. But I think it's probably more interesting just to find out what happens when a country goes independent. In the same way as if my neighbour, if I noticed a load of brake fluid under his car, I might not tell him just to see what happened. Just the physics of it. So it's sort of morbid curiosity, more than an actual opinion on the independence of Scotland. I think that's the best they can hope for, really.
1: Yeah.
0: Frankly. Yeah, good luck, Scotland, or glad you're staying. Those are the options I will... Cut one of those out, and uh, I'm sure it'll mean a lot. I'm going to send it to Alex Salmond. I'm sure he'll be delighted with the feedback. Now, I had started writing some erotic fan fiction based on Scottish independence, featuring Alistair Darling and Alex Salmond. Right. uh, Which we were going to act out, but it just made me feel physically ill every word I typed, so I abandoned it after two paragraphs. I can understand why that would be the case. It did start with Alex Salmond um, drinking whiskey in a kimono. (laughs) Right, okay. So, uh, I don't think that's too far removed, Uh, but yeah, it felt... So, Graham, where do you draw your inspiration from? I was uh, sat drinking uh, whiskey in a kimono. (laughs) Fair enough. So, uh, yeah, um, I thought that could inject some interest into the podcast and uh, have something slightly relevant, but don't care enough to uh, make myself physically ill for the sake of it. Fair enough. Yeah. Leaked nudes happens this week.
1: Yes, I, I heard of these.
0: Uh, did Lots you get, of them. Did you get leaked? I did not get leaked. Nobody was interested in my naked body. I'm sending it to every single news outlet I can find, and nobody wants to know. It's it's embarrassing, frankly. It is, frankly, it is just another example of
1: the everyday way that men are discriminated against. Nobody wants to see my balls. <laughs> I keep offering them up, no interest. If no. I was a woman, everyone would want to
0: see my balls. Yeah, Ian Botham takes photo of his clackers and it goes fucking mental on Twitter. Oh, yeah, he's a celebrity, isn't he? Yeah, uh, he, and he's got weird balls, frankly. I I haven't actually sought them out. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. I I sort of You accidentally came across them. <laughs> I was gonna say I uh, I I tossed up and decided <laughs> but that's not what happened. I uh, I was mulling over deciding do I want to see this? Will it scar me for life? Or should I just get on with my life, oblivious? And I thought, well, I want to know what the fuss is about, because a lot of people have seen his cock and balls and uh, are saying stuff about it on Twitter, and it seemed quite amusing, so I thought, oh, fuck it, why not? I'll have a quick look. And I genuinely had a nightmare about it that night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Was it? Has it actually been established whether he intentionally, like, he actually went and posted a picture of his cock and balls onto Twitter, or whether it was some kind of malicious
0: posting of cock and balls. I don't know. I mean, from having seen them, how can I put this delicate... Well, I can't. It was quite a baggy scrotum, so it did look like um, the cock and balls of an aged man.
1: Oh, I mean, I I
0: have no reason to doubt that they're his. I'm just curious as to how they came to be on the internet. Oh, I see what you mean, right. I was wondering if you were suggesting that somebody had got hold of his account and, and... sent a picture of their own cock and balls out. No, I mean, that would be far too obvious to... Yeah, far too obvious to prove as fake. Well, I assume it was... He either did it by mistake, in which case he was sending his cock and balls to somebody, which is fair enough. He's a, an ex-England cricketer. He can do what he likes with his cock and balls. That's fine. Absolutely. Or somebody got into his account and uh, thought, Jackpot! Yeah. I found his cock and balls. Well, did you see the the
1: other the other Nudie leak thing and how... It is supposed that it actually happened, which is that somebody discovered not too long ago that if you have an iPhone and you have your stuff connected to the iCloud and you use the find my phone thing, which presumably is if your phone is lost or stolen. I don't know. I don't have an iPhone. um, There is no limit on the number of times you can try and log in. Um, I did see that. And somebody just wrote a little tool that just does a brute force password crack. Yeah. Um, And all all you need is the person's email address. I mean, they've now fixed it, but all you needed was the person's email address and some time,
0: um, and you could break into their account. Are we thinking that Ian Botham's cock and balls was brute forced? I mean, it's possible. Yeah. It looked like it had been brute forced.
1: I mean, it seems the most likely explanation. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Did you brute force your cock and balls?
1: Um, No, I, I, I. Gave them out freely. Um, yeah. There was no brute forcing required. But as I said, no one was interested.
0: I can make it the album art for this episode.
1: Um, I mean, you know, I even spent some time in the bullring in Birmingham with a trestle table and a load of printouts. And i <laughs> takers. Except for the police, who took the lot and you. I don't see the problem. I wasn't charging anybody. Yeah. It wasn't like I was you know, no, not in. wasn't soliciting donations. It wasn't charitable wasn't in violation of any council permits or anything like that
0: you misunderstood um, the terminology when you leaked on them though that's not what they meant oh 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 okay yeah that makes more sense now I technically uh, could get act no I probably shouldn't talk about that I could uh, put a picture of your cock and balls on um, around 400 uh, railway stations throughout the UK <laughs> now there is a chat up line <laughs> yeah now that i've been now that i've said that out loud on a recorded medium if anyone ever does put a cock and balls on every uh, every screen around the police there, are going to be straight around yours i might have to cut that out <laughs> but just know that i could <laughs> okay i'll bear it in mind yeah uh they caught jack the ripper yeah they didn't did they I don't know, I didn't read the story it was on Daily Mail and I don't click onto the Daily Mail website. Well, as I understand it, some people who have a book to sell bought a scarf at
1: auction a few years ago that is supposedly the scarf that belonged to one of the prostitutes that Jack the Ripper killed, that one of the police investigating the murder then took home and gave to his wife, because, you know, that's the sort of thing you would do. You know, you... you go to a murder scene dead prostitute scarf just lying there you think that'd look great on my wife um and then subsequently it's been handed down and sold at auction and then they've done some DNA analysis and obviously the only DNA that would be on a prostitute scarf that would be a man's would be Jack the Ripper's um so it sounds like complete bollocks to me but mm. what do I know I'm not a forensic psychiatrist psychiatrist scientist I'm not a forensic psychiatrist either I don't even know what one of those
0: is. It's somebody who diagnoses mental illness after someone's died that doesn't make any sense, no mm. like i said i I don't know what I'm talking about, but in the, the Daily Mail and I think I'm probably one up on them. Mm. I did uh see that the Daily Mail well I saw uh, somebody had summarized and it turns out it was a Romanian or something, and I thought, okay, I see where the Daily Mail's angle is on this then yes, yeah I, I, yeah, I remember that it's like you know.
1: Obviously, it would be a foreign immigrant who, yeah. you know, coming into our country, murdering our prostitutes. Jizzing on their scarves. Apparently. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, you know, who knows? It may subsequently prove that there is, that it is actually evidence that this was Jack the Ripper. But it seems highly dubious, frankly, having read, like, that it's just some random scarf that turned up at an auction. Someone went, yeah, this definitely
0: belonged to one of the prostitutes he killed. Hmm. I'm going to be honest, I care even less about who Jack the Ripper is than I do about Scottish independence. I have to agree. Yeah.
1: I'm sure it's of interest to historians of murderers,
0: but it's just not something I care about. Uh, I do have a quiz that you can play, since the Internet Safety Brigade one last week was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, Would you like to know which WWE superstar you are? Yes, yes I would. I thought you might. So, here we go. Uh, this is on the official WWE website. Okay. Question one. Which best describes your fashion taste? Is it goth, minimalist, denim all the time, or arrogant chic? What's minimalist dress sense? Is that, like, just your pants? Doing a them. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, well, I'm going to go with goth. Goth, okay, fine. What's arrogant chic? I don't understand the two words together. Is that just being really, like, is it being fashionable in a really cocky manner? Uh, um, I imagine one of the superstars is a complete dick, and that's just referring to that. Anyway, uh, Right, what's your ideal vacation spot? The gym, a major metropolitan city, i.e. Chicago, not even, for example, i.e. Chicago. <laughs> that's the only city that can be described okay. as major and metropolitan. Uh, India, or someplace with a lot of greenery. Uh, I'll go with uh, Chicago. Uh, How do you greet your friends? Number one, I don't. They greet me. Uh, Number two, with a bite on the calf. Number three, a respectful salute. Or number four, with caviar, naturally. I don't know who number four is, but he sounds like a twat. Um, With a salute, obviously. A respectful salute, that's what I thought. Question four, above all else, what do you look for in a significant other? Number one, authority for me to exploit... Number two, fluency in difficult languages. Number three, ample height and build. Or number four, abstinence from drugs and alcohol.
1: Sorry, authority for me to exploit. Is that like just basically abuse their position of power that they happen to be in?
0: Yeah, I guess so. Okay, that seems like a bit of a dick move. So number one then, yeah? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Cool, right. Uh, what is your idea of a balanced breakfast? A dozen eggs, three stacks of pancakes, lots of sausage for starters, mozzarella con pomodoro, a bowl of Lucky Charms, or a tall protein shake?
1: Uh, well, they all sound fairly terrible.
0: A protein shake is a wank, isn't it? Yes, yes it is.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the Lucky Charms, even though it would be some kind of cereal that's not
0: 90% sugar. They're fucking horrible. I just remembered Lucky Charms being brilliant, and then I bought a massively overpriced box from one of these American sweet shops. And it was bloody disgusting. They are revolting. What's your favourite colour? Gold, dark hues, anything vibrant, green, white and red, together. So that'll be someone Italian then. Uh, Let's go with dark hues. Dark hues, okay. I think we're about halfway through now, don't worry. Uh, What was your favourite childhood toy? G.I. Joe action figures, Play-Doh spaghetti play shop playset, trampoline or battery powered Bentley? Mm-hmm. That, that last one seems very leading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll go with the Play-Doh. Play-Doh spaghetti play shop set. When faced with danger, how do you react? One, hide behind my only friend. Number two, stay and fight for what's right. Number three, calculate the best attack strategy, then charge. Or number four, I usually am that danger. That's <laughs> well, definitely not number four. No. Um, let us Let's go with number three. Number three. Uh, calculate the best attack strategy, then charge. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Ability to fly, immortality, superior strength, or enhanced intellect? Why would you want anything other than the immortality? Um, Do you know, I was talking to uh, a guy at work about uh, superpowers, the idiot who um, shoved a cotton bud in his brain. I guess him. Um but he came up with the best answer I've ever heard to that question. I normally say time control because I think that gives you technically teleportation, immortality. I think you could do a lot with time control. But he's, uh, his, which I'm now stealing because he's a child and what's he going to do, My is uh, the ability to influence the odds of anything. So if somebody fires a bullet at you, he can influence the odds of it hitting you or not and, uh, and make it go past you. And I thought... That sounds fucking brilliant. Now, if I'm correct, I'm going to have to look this up now because it's going to annoy me otherwise. I assume Uh, that does exist uh, and he just stole it from something. Because he can't have come up with that unless... Yes.
1: No, no. One of the X-Men or one of the
0: the characters in the X-Men comics, Domino, is a mutant with probability probability altering powers. Ah, the guy's a fucking chump. I mean, I stole mine from Hiro Nakamura, obviously, but I mean, it's a staple, isn't it? It's something he it was very specific to. A stone, what an asshole! I thought that was the best answer I'd ever heard to that question. But oh, I mean, it's a good answer. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, uh, but I've never even heard of Domino.
1: No, I mean, I've, I've, like, it was a vague memory from something that I've read previously. But I mean, the one thing with immortality, of course, is that it it has some caveats because it depends. Is immortality just you never die? Because if you just never die, then you'll very quickly reach a point where you just can't actually do anything because you're decrepit and old and can't move. So
0: it needs to come with some kind of associated eternal youth. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Otherwise, and, uh, like, you know... Regeneration. Yeah. Otherwise and... Just a, a head that lives.
1: But, okay, I... let's let's go with the uh, enhanced intellect
0: because, you know, I know there's not much further I can go, but yeah. might as well give it a shot. Okay. What's your hidden talent? You're a passionate kisser. You can talk to the dead. You hide your talents. <laughs> I don't want everyone to know I'm awesome. Or you're an amazing driver, 20 feet at a time. I don't know what that means. I presume that means golf. But twenty feet is shit. Uh, yeah, that is pretty <laughs> really shit.
1: So, and, or, unless or it means cars, that's equally shit. Yeah, exactly. Or be like pile driver, because it's it's that would be more
0: impressive. Yeah, <laughs> the that would be to... really impressive. Leap, 30, leap twenty feet with somebody's head between your legs. I don't. Or maybe it means you use twenty feet on the pedals when you're driving. That would equally be impressive. We had to go with the the amazing driver. Yeah. Hopefully it will just explain what the fuck it means. Uh, The must-have accessory to your everyday attire. A white scarf, a mask, a mankini, or sweatbands.
1: Well, if you're going to go with the mankini, you also need the mask so that nobody can work out who you are.
0: And the sweatbands. Yes. Um, I will go with the mask. An air of mystery. Uh, Which of the following mottos best describes your take on life? It ain't easy being green... Arguably, is literally what it says. Uh, Bigger is better or straight edge will save you. All literally meaningless. Yes. Uh, Right. I have chosen that one. You are Edge, a lewd, cunning and manipulative opportunist. Congratulations! Sounds about right. (laughs) Your torrid love affairs are well documented and so are your greatest achievements which have often come in others' misfortune. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. It's pretty much nailed me to be honest. You'll be pleased to know that was presented by Kmart. Ah, oh, excellent. So fuck off Kmart. Uh but you need your wrestling name, so I put uh your name, Adam Beardwood, into a generator uh what's your wrestling name dot com or something. And yours is amazing. It's Buff Fungus. <laughs>
1: Is this is this is this double up as a porn name generator as well?
0: Anything really? You're you're just going to have to be known as Buff Fungus from now on. Okay, right. I'll get down to the crawl in the morning. Yeah, mine is very disappointing. It's Sergeant Phoenix.
1: Yeah, you see,
0: that's just just very generic wrestler. Yeah. So you can imagine my delight when I put your name in afterwards and it came back with Buff Fungus. I thought <laughs> this website isn't a dud. This is amazing. That is quite incredible. So then I thought, uh, what conflicts and um, differences of opinion could be solved by wrestling? And I put in the names Alex Salmond and Alistair Darling to try and make me care about Scottish independence. It did not. Uh, but we do have the following names. Uh, Alistair Darling is Cerebral Piper. Okay. Which I like, the, the Piper, the Yes, yeah. so that's good. And uh, Alex Salmond is Tearhole Steel. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. That sounds unpleasant. So if you put those two names up against each other in a debate, suddenly you've changed the whole shape of this uh, this referendum. Weevil
1: Piper versus Tearhole
0: Steel. Yeah, it could be tear hole, but that's equally meaningless. I don't know. Yeah, um, but e- either way, I I would suddenly I'd take up and uh, I'd sit up and take notice of that. I think that could oh, be absolutely. could be fantastic. But I mean, it it's done in a cage. Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, with chairs two by fours barbed wire i wish i had understood and got wrestling when i was younger because i could never watch it just thinking it's not real they're just pretending and it only occurred to me much later in life like too late like in my 20s that that's the point yeah if i'd got that when i was 12 then i think wrestling would have been brilliant as it is i just thought it's predetermined it's all scripted and like a fucking idiot, I didn't watch any wrestling. Whereas if I now start watching wrestling as a 31-year-old man, I think that's even worse than not getting it and not watching it. So, I don't know,
1: there are an awful lot of people who watch wrestling. I mean, obviously, mostly American, but there are a lot of them that are kind of our age and
0: probably older. Um, but in their defence, they've been watching it for 31 years.
1: Yeah, I suppose if you have, it's one of those things where you just keep doing it and
0: it's then okay. Yeah, I think getting into it at 31 marks you out as a somebody who should be on a list somewhere quite possibly but there was a another big bust up that i thought could be solved by wrestling and i'll tell you the wrestling names first and you see if you can guess who it is okay uh, the first one is testy assassin i like the idea of a testy assassin just an assassin <laughs> who uh he's really short-tempered and <laughs> yeah he sets himself up in a bell tower with his sniper rifle and his infrared goggles and he sits down for the long haul and then just gets a bit pissed off cuz they're running later than they should be and Stop. yeah somebody phones him up and says is the job done and he's like fuck off I'm just leave me alone I'm trying to oh you made me miss him now you prick I think that sounds uh, that sounds great against ubiquitous sterling
1: <laughs> okay who That's... I
0: imagine would be like some old english professor um, who rips off his uh his smoking jacket throws his cane down and he's buff and he's ripped and he's oiled up and, and he does a like a backflip and shit hmm. okay think about the uh think about the news well there's so many shitty conflicts that it could be it's not Israel and Gaza I thought that would be in poor taste
1: okay uh Russia and Ukraine
0: far more trivial okay
1: um Let's see.
0: Is it celebrity related? Y- yes. Well, yeah, yeah. Technically, celebrity isn't the word I would choose, but they are—they are well-known people. Oh God, well, I've got no hope of ever guessing them. If it, if this was wrestling, there's a good story behind it. There's there's two wrestlers who grew up together, came in through the school of hard knocks together. Um, and then got pitched against each other as rivals. Oh, okay, fine. Is it is it Hamilton and Rosberg? When it certainly cares? is, yeah. Get out of the cars, get in the ring, boys, that's what I say.
1: Yeah, but Rosberg would probably just like turn up with a folding chair and beat Hamilton to death.
0: Yeah, I think Rosberg wouldn't want to get his hair messed up. That is true. And Hamilton's hair would uh, provide important uh, shock impact absorbance and... Uh, yeah I mean that's that would be the only the only reasonable way to solve the current conflict. I mean obviously it basically has been solved by Mercedes saying stop being babies. Um, but yeah, I think yeah re- to reck- last is it No of course I get, I get into the next race as as much I love Hamilton if somebody's going to be a bit petulant and uh, is going to have a bit of a strop he's your man.
1: He he's the master of being a petulant child when
0: stuff's not going his way. Yeah, and I mean Rosberg is. Oh, Rosberg's a prick. Don't get me wrong. Uh, he's cracking just because he knows he isn't as good a driver as his lead in the championship would suggest and would require. So uh, you know he's he he can't he can't handle if if Hamilton hadn't had all of the unreliability and all the bad luck he had, he'd be streaks away in the championship. And Rosberg, I think, knows that. And he's, you know, I think you're seeing the the end of his ability and the start of uh, some kind of, not dirty tricks necessarily. I don't think he deliberately tried to hurt Hamilton, but I think it was just like, up yours, I'm going to knock you a bit. I don't think he expected to give him a...
1: No, no, I
0: think you're right, but... And that's fair enough, really. If, you, if you're going to have two guys racing in a team, it's going to come down to that, isn't it, really? Well, I mean, it nearly happened with Hamilton and Alonso. Yeah, oh, yeah, Definitely. It happened a couple of times with Hamilton and Button, and that was a you know there was no real conflict there. I think it's it's been coming all season, and it's going to make it more interesting to watch the rest of the rest of the season. I think Hamilton should win it now, but it's just the unreliability. I think he's he's got enough races left to make up the the difference in points, unless he unless he keeps having his his run of bad luck. No, I think you're right. Um, I think it will be Hamilton that will probably win it. Um, do you hear all these conspiracies about the Monza race saying, well, Rosberg was obviously told to go down the uh, the escape road rather than... Yes,
1: because he totally do that based on what's yeah, happened exactly. so far.
0: And that was the disciplinary procedure was to force a lock-up into turn one where you're doing 220 miles an hour and go down the escape road. And, and, the... and obviously when he did it a couple of laps previously, he was just practising. Exactly, yeah, he was checking his
1: braking points. That's, that's what that was. So, I, I did quite enjoy... Um... Watching when,
0: uh, Daniel Kfiat did it. And like, I don't know how he avoided putting that car into the wall. His trousers, he won't need to shit for two weeks because of that. That was incredible. The, the, the it The really slide that he had on there, to, to not twat it into the barriers, that was amazing. But yeah, I, I think the idea that Rosberg deliberately let Hamilton pop par- Like, there are far
1: less life-threatening ways yeah. to let somebody past you than, like, bombing into a chicane at 200 miles an hour and not braking
0: hard enough. Yeah, exactly. If they wanted to do it, they would not put a wheel on in a pit stop pretend they had a problem with the gun. It's not... That, that would be a very easy way of doing it that people would. They'd still call conspiracy, but you, you've got just as much uh, chance of it yeah. happening by accident as. as
1: uh... Also, like, team orders aren't illegal anymore. They could have just said to Rosberg, let like, Hamilton pass.
0: Yeah, hypothetically, if they had done that, then. Oh, I know. It would have been yeah. all kinds of shitstorm, but. I think it is more likely that they would have asked him to. Um, to fuck up into the first corner and let Hamilton pass that's how unlikely it would be for them to just say disciplinary uh, procedure now activated let him through and don't do it again you naughty boy
1: yeah it's not a good idea really Mm. Well, only, well, it would be a dumb idea because it would only further antagonise Rosberg and make him more likely to do stupid things again in the future.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, so they'll be wrestling each other um, in is it Singapore next, I think. Uh, yes, I think so. Oh, that's where you want a wrestling match, isn't it? Under the lights, that'd be brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And on top of one of those hotels where the swimming pools are. Oh, yeah, that'd be brilliant. Or on the, uh, on the big wheel. Yes. One of the pods. Uh, before Singapore and the wrestling match, we've got the excitement of Formula E, which uh, I sounded a bit facetious there, but I actually am quite excited. I think it could be really good Yeah, it's the, the all-electric Formula mm-hmm. racing. Yeah, I watched a preview of it, and there's a few things that I've got some reservations about, but, I mean, in its first season, that's that's fair enough, really. You kind of expect that. But um, one of them is that at low speed, they do sound like a renault McGann reversing right it's not a good sound i mean people complain about the sound of formula one this year formula e it's not a good sounding racing car
1: well no but
0: i mean what do you expect it's an electric
1: car then like unless you put on fake sounds to make it sound better yeah exactly
0: yeah i just i hadn't realized just how much like an electric motor it would sound you kind of think yeah yeah i mean fundamentally it's the same kind of thing yeah so the sound is, is a worry, but I, I will soon get past that. I'm just looking at the, the teams and drivers now. They've got some brilliant drivers in there. They've got... Okay. Uh, we'll just have a quick go through the teams. Uh, so the first team is Amlin Aguri, who are Japanese team. I don't know if that's related to um, Aguri Suzuki, the uh, guy who oh, used to have yes, One so. team. Yeah, Aguri Suzuki is part of the key oh, person. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, um, I always liked uh, Super Aguri. I thought they were... They yeah. pushed above their weight. That uh, yeah, I like them. So I'd, I'd be interested in seeing them do well. Yeah, Catherine Legg, she's tested in F one a couple of times. Uh, Antonio Felix da Costa was was he GP two or was he I'm no? He sure. raced in the states. Can't remember, but I've heard his name a lot and uh, he's pretty good. Andretti Formula E. Uh, Frank Montagny raced in Formula One for Super Aguri
1: in two thousand six. Apparently
0: he was a test driver for Toyota and Force India, Renault and Jordan. Then Audi. Uh, they got Lucas Degrassi who. Did he have half a season in Formula One, or did he? I, um, remember. I don't remember him racing as a. He no, might... he was. A...
1: Yes, he did. Sorry, he was. Um, he was in with Virgin. Um,
0: yeah. With with Glock. Yeah, did, he had a full season then, didn't he? Uh, um, yeah, that's that. So. Lab two is presumably his dad's the manager. So fair enough. China racing. We've got Nelson Piquet and Hopin Tung, who's been sort of knocking on the door of um, single seater, sort of top level for a long time. He's he's widely tipped to be the first. Chinese F1 driver, which you kind of think by now they would have had one, but yeah. uh, But yeah, Nelson Piquet could be interesting just uh, because he's pretty fucking awful. Uh, Yeah, I'm amazed that anyone would give him a drive, but yeah. Dragon Racing, which uh, you would think is a Welsh team, but it's not, it's uh, American. I'm not interested then. Yeah. Jerome D'Ambrosio, Oriol Servia, never heard of the guy, fine. Uh, Nicholas Prost, um, Obviously, Alan Prost's son uh, Edam's Renault, which is uh, managed by—you'll be surprised to learn—Alan Prost. Uh, Sebastian Buemi, so um, another Toro Rosso driver coming out of there. Mahindra Racing got Karen Chandock who I thought was great, and he should have had more of a chance in F1. Yes, yeah, I think so. Uh, it was unfortunate what happened and, to him. And Bruno Senna as well. I don't think he did anything wrong. I think um, no. I was surprised that he that he got ditched, but yeah, that's the way it goes. Um, Truly racing, you'll be surprised to learn uh, that there. as <laughs> you kind of And you've got little mugshots of like some you know some swift-looking kids, and then you've just got this old man. Yeah, <laughs> with his long I was going to say he's getting on a bit at this point, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, Michaela Saruti, I assume that's how it's pronounced. Uh, they are inexplicably a Swiss team. It's uh, listed that I assume for tax purposes. Oh, it's because well, Trully lives in Switzerland, apparently. For tax purposes, and like I said, oh, sh- there's uh, Venturi who've got Nick Heidfeld, who was a great driver, and uh, yeah. Yeah, he was. Always, always fast. Um, just BMW wasn't a good team to be in, really. It was uh, no. They were never going to do anything much. But yeah, Heidfeld was, was a great driver. It was, uh, I think he never quite got the... He was in Formula 1 for a long time, but he never really got the chance to no, show he what he could do. No, he from slightly subpar team to slightly subpar team. Even when he was at BMW, everyone talked about Robert Kubitzer, but nobody ever really talked about Nick Heidfeld. He was consistently faster. It was just... You never saw him in a race. He'd kind of get himself in this fifth position with a minute behind him and uh, thirty seconds in front of him, and he wouldn't trouble anyone. And you you'd just you w- you'd look at the classification at the end of the race and uh, say, "Oh, was Haigh fifth? Fucking no, hell, I didn't notice him." And it, that was that was always the way. So uh, hopefully more of the same. And uh, Stefan Sarazin, who I've never heard of, but nope. presumably is some kind of driver of racing cars or something. Virgin have got Jaime Alguisari, who was a. Good driver, but victim of Toro Rosso's uh, squad rotation policy. And uh, Sam Bird, who's been uh, sort of floating around Mercedes for quite a long time. So they've got some good drivers in there. You think for a series and its inaugural season, that's some good men yes, It's a good lineup. Um, what are the courses like, the tracks? Are we going that's, to think terrible? That's another reservation that I've got, is they are one of the features and one of the selling points as they would say is that they're all street circuits or not necessarily street circuits as such but they're all um, like I think in London it's using the Olympic Park and Beijing is certainly using the Olympic Park from there so it's it's all sort of streets and, uh, and stadiums Right, okay, so
1: let's see, we've got what, Beijing
0: Yeah, so uh, Beijing is around the Olympic Park there, that's on yeah. the, this Saturday I'll try and get this podcast out Friday evening. Okay, so
1: we've then got Malaysia, Uruguay, Argentina, to be announced, USA, another USA.
0: Yeah, so you've got Miami and Long Beach, which is yeah. sort of opposite sides of the country. Uh, Monaco is fair, fair play, you've got to have it. and uh... Uh, Berlin, Germany, and then London. Yeah. So it's, uh, they're all, I mean, not having seen what any of the circuits are like, you wouldn't say it's necessarily going to be 10 Monaco's. No, um I mean, no, you wouldn't really want it to be I mean, like you well, yeah, to... exactly if it was if it was Monaco's Monaco, Monaco you, you're never going to get overtaking. It's always going to be um, a bit of a bit of a circus and that but that's what it is. But when you end up with, like with like street circuits like Valencia and uh, I mean Singapore, apart from being at night and having lights, it's a pretty bad track for for overtaking and things like that. But that is specifically Formula One. I mean, if you watch um, GP two around Valencia or Singapore, there is a lot of overtaking because they haven't got the same kind of turbulent air stopping people from following and, uh, and that kind of thing. So it, it could be good, but on the whole, it, I'd rather see them go around some proper racing circuits, I think. So from what I'm reading here, it suggests that the first season, are they all basically running the same engine? Same same everything, same car, basically. Same same, same chassis, it yeah. Here, from
1: season two, Formula Ewell operates an open championship allowing teams and manufacturers to showcase their own electrical energy
0: innovations. So, are they still going to be stuck with the same chassis, or can they just do whatever they like? Uh, I haven't I haven't looked into it a lot, but I'm sure from what I read, it was basically, do what you like. And I think it's very loose restrictions on, on what you're allowed to do, as long as it's... Well, I hope so, because yeah. I'm so sick of Formula 1 every time anyone comes up with a clever innovation,
1: just banning it instantly. Hmm. Um, and I mean, the, the more that they can advance like electric cars to the point where... They actually have stuff that's applicable for consumer vehicles. The better, potentially, lots of money going into developing the cars for racing. Part of that's going to be "quote unquote" fuel efficiency, because um, I'm presuming you don't want to
0: stop and recharge the cars halfway through the race. Well, you're not. They're not. They're not allowed to. But they, in a sort of slightly counterintuitive measure, they won't be allowed to recharge the cars during a race because it's, you know, it's like 50 minutes for a full charge, so yeah. that would be impractical. But what they will do is have a mandatory pit stop in which you have to get out of one car and get in another car and then do the rest of the race. Right, OK. So
1: what they're basically saying is that the cars won't do it, but it's not
0: practical for us to recharge them in a pit stop, so we're just going to have two cars. That does seem to be the message, yes. OK, right, fair enough. Which is pretty silly, really. Um, yeah, but then again, to be fair, like I, mean, I don't know what the distance of the race is, is. It's an hour. So if it's that much of a concern if if the range is the concern that's making them have to do it in two stints, have a sprint race and a feature race like GP two. maybe each race half an hour long instead of an hour. I don't yeah. understand I don't see any logic in having an hour long race if the cars can't do an hour. But if you're gonna do that if you're gonna do a pit stop, just have an arbitrary tire change pit stop. Don't yeah, exactly. change the car. But they don't want they, they don't want faster grading tires because of the green credentials. So it's it's a right a strange thing to be so doing.
1: So in order to like help with the environment and all the rest of it, we're gonna produce double the number of cars we yeah, exactly yeah.
0: <laughs> We're not gonna have tires that wear down quickly because we want long life tires, but everybody will own two cars you don't even have to have that you just do the same
1: stupid thing they did in f1 a few seasons back where they made everyone change their tires even though there was no reason to well yeah
0: yeah where uh, everyone
1: could just sat on the harder compound tires for the entire race but they yeah.
0: made them switch to the soft compounds because so, that was the rule yeah it's a bit of a nonsensical rule that but um it, i think it'd be quite funny seeing the drivers have to get out of one car get themselves strapped into another one put the steering it's... wheel on and I'm not sure how many. What, they just like pull up alongside one, jump out, get into the other, then drive off? Yeah, of they pull, they'll 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 drive forwards into the garage, and they'll have another car facing the other way. But on on the upside, that leaves plenty of opportunity for utter fuck ups. <laughs> yeah, like people getting in the wrong cars, or Just <laughs> car
1: not not starting, yeah. and like one of the wheels not being properly attached, and yeah, yeah
0: plenty so, of opportunities. I think. I mean, the the first season's going to be a bit, you know, a bit of a shakedown. Everyone figuring out what's going on. Anyway, is it, um, like. Sky F One, or do you know what? No, uh, ITV Four. Oh, cool. Um, and it's it's live, not highlights. So yeah, ITV Four. I think the first race is um, Saturday. 13th. Yeah, they qualifying, practice, and race are all in one day. It's just a one day event. Okay. Um, I can't remember what time it is, but eight o'clock in the morning would be a, a reasonable guess, I would say for China. Yeah, and they'll China.
1: bump it to be appropriate
0: for yeah. European viewing. Cool. I'll have to watch that. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. And the the only other real reservation I've got is uh, (laughs) a thing they call Fan Boost. Oh dear. Uh, You are right to say, oh dear. They have a thing, uh, if you log onto the website fiaformulae.com you can sign up there and you can vote for the driver that you want to have a boost. I've forgotten what the exact thing is, but it's something like they've got an extra 100 watts or something, not 100, that'd be stupid, but they've they've got an additional power that they can use for 5 seconds a lap or something like that. That sounds like utter bullshit. Really does, doesn't it? It's not in any way manipulatable um, and won't be abused horribly. It seems defensive. It seems like they're saying, right, we know the racing won't be very good. We know we need to drum up interest in this somehow. So here's a silly gimmick. Yeah. If they brought it in at the end of the first season, based on some criticisms of poor racing, fair enough, but bringing it in at the beginning of season one, it, it worries me a bit. Um, I think it's silly, and I voted for Catherine Leg because I vote for somebody, and I thought let's uh, let's give a girl a boost. Probably because I don't know. Does that make me misogynist? I suppose it does. does yeah. It's sexist.
1: Yeah. You're saying that women are not capable of competing with the men without a boost of whatever kind it is that happens to be available in this race.
0: I guess I probably am. In my defence, I'd say because I I don't know, just I picked somebody at random really. Um, and she's British, and uh, I like Super Aguri, so that's why I voted for... Fair enough. Anyway, so you've got I mean, you got to vote for somebody. Obviously, it's always going to be the underdog. If they had something like that in F1, Mercedes wouldn't have had a single vote all season. No. That's just how it's going to shake out, but I think that, yeah, that is a, a worry. But the, I think the idea is that people will engage with the drivers a little bit more, but... um. I was watching interviews with the drivers who obviously have got to say they think it's a great idea because uh, you know of commercial reasons. And Bruno Senna said, "Oh, you know, I've got a lot of uh, a lot of followers on on social media because he's not allowed to say the word Twitter and all that nonsense." Um, and then he went over to Jano Trulli, who said, "Yeah, I'm not going to get that." <laughs> <laughs> so, well, yeah, at least he's honest. Know- yeah, he said, uh, "There's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of young guys, and there's some girls here, so I've, no one's going to vote for me." And I thought, "No, they're not." <laughs> Sorry, it's not because there's young guys and, and girls. It's, but you are right that they're not going to vote for you. So, uh, I nearly voted for Karen Chandock because uh, I like him and he's Welsh. It's a typical Welsh name. Exactly. Uh, so anyway, I think, I think this probably makes us the official Formula E podcast. Um, Undoubtedly. i'll I'll definitely watch it i think it's uh i think it could be a good series i think they've got some good drivers they've got some good ideas the cars look look good um they've got a good good amount of power i mean an electric car you put your foot down and your balls fly out your back it's uh (laughs) i mean i've I've done electric karting and they're just ridiculous yeah you can literally spin them on the spot they've just got so much torque so uh, i think that pretty much takes us to the end have you got any other business
1: Uh, Well, I just thought it was probably worth mentioning two things, Uh, the first of which is that I didn't realise this, but it has been pointed out to me today, that it is um, the 15th anniversary of the launch of the Sega Dreamcast uh, today, which makes me feel quite old, Mm. because I I had a Dreamcast back in the day. That was the Martin Luther King speech, I think, wasn't it? Yes, yes it was. It was launched on September 9th, 1999, or 9999, um, as they say in German. And it kind of was very, very noisy. Is probably my
0: abiding memory of it. Forgotten about that, but it did sound like a bloody jet taking off, didn't it?
1: Well, they rushed it out to compete with the PlayStation, and as a consequence, they kind of hadn't really nailed the cooling quite right, and so it did just sound like a
0: you know aircraft taking off. Um, and, uh, they'd forgotten to apply any level of copy protection to the games. Yes, so you could just download them and stick them on a CD and play them. Yeah. Uh, obviously,
1: I never did that, but it was possible. And I definitely don't have a large box of pirated <laughs> Dreamcast games somewhere in a cupboard.
0: I mean, that's what killed it, basically. isn't it it's, uh, was just the fact that I mean, it was it was always a bit of a niche thing anyway, and it was a, it was a hard sell. But the fact that anyone who did buy it never bought a game was yeah.
1: I mean, I had quite a few games of mine, and I, I you know I really enjoyed the games I had. But the PlayStation, the thing is, the thing that Sony did that was kind of unexpected the playstation was they didn't require licensing to produce games for it which meant that although there was a massive amount of utter balls that was produced for the playstation there were also a massive amount of games whereas sega went for the approach that sega nintendo always did which was you had to get license from them to make games for their consoles
0: yeah
1: so fewer games less people buying stuff less successful and it kind of killed off sega yeah
0: um
1: the other thing, of course, that we need to talk about being all topical and shit is Apple's news conference, what they has been having this evening. Yes. As we record this on the 9th of September, um, announcing the new iPhone 6, the iPhone 6 Plus, and the watch. Yeah. Um, there's the iPhone 6, which is an iPhone. There's the iPhone 6 Plus, which is 5.5 inches, which is the same size as the Galaxy Note.
0: Yeah, so too big.
1: Yes. Um, would you like to know how much it will cost you in the UK to buy an iPhone 6?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, well, there are three models. There's the 16 gig, the 64 gig, and the 128 gig. Why you would buy the 16 gig is beyond me when you have... Like, it seems a very big jump. Anyway, the the, rig, the 16 gig version of the iPhone 6 is £539. Hmm. Uh, up to £700 for the 128 giga version. And the iPhone 6 Plus is basically 80 quid more expensive than the normal one. Um, obviously, if you get it through a provider, or whatever, it'll be cheaper or possibly free if you sign up for a 300-month contract and give them your soul. Hmm. Um, and apparently, it will have more battery life, which isn't hard. Hmm. Um, and apparently, one of the things that they want to do is replace traditional credit card payments
0: using using NFC. Well, we all want to do that, don't we?
1: So the idea is that you take a photograph of your credit card with your yeah. iPhone, then Apple gather that information, encrypt and store it, and then when you want to pay for something, you put your fingerprint on the fingerprint reader that's really easy to counterfeit, And then wave your phone wildly at the thing you want to buy, and then it transfers your payment data. Uh, Apparently, lots of apps will have support for it, and um, it will work with Visa, MasterCard, American Express, and basically anywhere that you can currently use contactless payment with your, like, credit or debit card will also support waving your iPhone at stuff. And then, like... Apparently the watch has actually got a like the dial on it the like normal watch has that's like an input wheel.
0: Yeah. I mean to be fair with a watch, they're not just sort of making a phone that sticks to your wrist, which is what Samsung try and do. Yeah, so apparently the screen's touch sensitive and pressure sensitive, so you can do like short and
1: long presses and it's got like a magnetically connecting power thing that has no external contact, so you don't like bend and snap stuff and all the rest of it. But it doesn't mention like battery life which is kind of one of the most important things i think for these smartwatches.
0: yeah definitely yeah did you see um somebody has made an app or a skin or something for the moto 360 that looks like the golden eye watch no but that's amazing it just looks amazing it's so cool yes i want know. one of those too now but, that's not fair but yeah my first impressions of the iphone 6 were that it looks like a computer phone but it's slightly bigger i think um apple are claiming they invented ian botham's willy as well aren't they uh, yes, it's, it's one of the new features of the iPhone 6. Is, uh, it just automatically sets your wallpaper to Ian Botham's cock and balls?
1: Yes. Uh, well, it, it's, it's a dynamic system, so it will automatically gather the latest celebrity cock and balls and display them as your desktop wallpaper. Right. Um, obviously, at the moment, that will be Ian Botham, but in the future, who knows or dares
0: to dream? Mike Gatting.
1: Anything is possible.
0: This is the future we live in. I would say some more cricketers from the 80s by Graham Gooch David Gower Oh yeah, good one um, I should know more cricketers from the olden days
1: I, I really don't
0: Who's the uh, who's that stupid old racist That doesn't narrow it down much No, it doesn't, does it Oh. Anyway, him Well, that was a shit ending for a podcast, wasn't it? it really was I like to think we're we're maintaining our level of consistency yeah by our standards it's probably actually a bit too good Um, so I will end it by going (laughs) (laughs) hi arguably (laughs) era